Hello, welcome to the third episode of the Queen Bee Book Club podcast. This is the episode where we are going to wrap up discussion of the bell jar. So if that's the only reason you've been listening to this podcast, you can check out now. Bye. (laughs) So we got to start out (laughs) with a corrections corner from uh, me. This is Cher, in case you cannot tell our voices apart. We should probably introduce ourselves. I'm Audrey. And I'm Cher. Okay. Okay. And this is our podcast. This is Queen Bee Book Club. (laughs) (laughs) So last week... I went on a major tangent and decided to tell the story of Elliot Smith's suicide, which I 100% did wrong and was incorrect about a lot of facts. And so I'm going to take this time to um, correct those errors. Number one, Elliot Smith did not kill himself with a fork. I don't know where I came up with it. I'm sorry. (laughs) but his family. (laughs) To everyone. Um, So he did not kill himself with a fork. In fact, he killed himself with a knife, which is much more normal. Mm -hmm. And, like, it didn't, in Wikipedia, did not even specify, like, it wasn't a butter knife. Like, it was, I'm pretty sure, normal because they didn't mention it. Um, He died of not one but two stab wounds to the chest. Okay. Um, So I was correct in that him and his girlfriend had been in a fight, and she decided to go in the bathroom and take a shower. And while she was in the shower... She heard him scream, and that's when she came upon him with the knife in his chest, standing there. Okay. And so she did, which, like, you know, I'm not blaming you. Um, Elliot Elliot Smith's girlfriend. (laughs) None of this is your fault. But Elliot Smith's girlfriend, I'm not blaming you. But she did the worst thing that you could do, which was pull the knife out of his chest. And so um, he was rushed to the hospital, and he later died. Which, I don't know. I'm not saying that if she hadn't done it, he would have survived. I'm certainly not saying that. But I have watched a lot of Grey's Anatomy, and so I know that you are not supposed to do that. So I'm mostly just saying as a public service announcement, if you come upon your significant other with a knife in their chest, leave it in there until the paramedics come and let them pull it out. Okay. Um, Unless you're the killer and you want to get the job done. (laughs) <laughs> so anyway, which frankly, like maybe she was the killer. I don't know. Yeah. So is I that don't know. Still open ended. Okay. The reason you brought it up was because it was like, yes. Okay. Unclear. So here are the other things that are a little bit sketchy about it. So at the scene, mm-hmm. there is a post-it note, presumably written by Elliot Smith, that says, mm-hmm. "Let's see. I wrote it down. I'm so sorry. M dash love Elliot. God forgive me." And so the, in the coroner's report, Elliot was spelled wrong. And so there was some speculation yeah. as to whether the note was spelled wrong. And mm-hmm. so if that's true, then that seems a little bit weird if, the, like, on your suicide note that you're going to spell your name wrong. But, like, the coroner's like, no, no, my mistake. My, but I don't know. I'm not sure if I buy it. <laughs> um, and Wait, anyway. were there still no hesitation marks? There were still. I was correct about that. Okay. There were no hesitation marks, and there were no substances in his um, toxology report. Okay. So, frankly, still very suspicious. This mysterious post-it adds another level, but we do not have the absurdity of a fork stabbing. I laughed really hard <laughs> when I listened to that podcast back because you realized pretty immediately after we finished recording <laughs> that you were wrong, and so us going through like the whole like discussion and my like incredulity and <laughs> the whole thing. I was laughing so hard because it was like, 
immediately known that that was it was like a full like 10 minute conversation that was just based on a lie a lie <laughs> and the thing that concerns me the most is that i in my subconscious made that up <laughs> like what where did i where did it come from i'm not sure but anyway the point is is that it's suspicious and that it was not ruled out homicide was not ruled out in the coroner's report okay. so it was not like certainly ruled a suicide Mm -hmm. so anyway it's still in question okay but so anyway i wanted to get that corrections corner out right off the bat (laughs) i'm really sorry elliot smith um but rest in peace i've been listening to a lot i even broke a guitar string trying to ambitiously play one of his songs i do i got it for my birthday this year nice so what other songs can you play um, me and Julia down by the schoolyard. <laughs> Amazing. I can play like everyone, smoke on the water. Classic. You know. Classic. So. I, I so I played the guitar in sixth grade like everyone else, um, mm-hmm. after Freaky Friday. Oh sure. So okay. um I know some songs, um, like with their chord like to I sing songs with their chords sometimes, yeah. like not because I'm like I'm just such a savant right. in music, but because when I was in the eighth grade was when we did our guitar unit in mm. um, in music, and our teacher would sing the chords like while she sang the song. So it would be like, and I had another E minor, a warning. <laughs> <laughs> so that was if I had a hammer. So that's that's how I know the songs. Or like Duke of Earl, I'd be like, Duke, Duke, Duke D seven. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I definitely want to start doing that. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I don't know very many songs. I'm a much better ukulele player, but... Of course you are. <laughs> it's a lot easier. In your quest to become a manic pixie dream girl. <laughs> yeah, so, anyway, love me. I haven't seen you in, like, a week, though. How how are you? Things have been better. <laughs> Things have been better? <laughs> Things have been better. Work's pretty crazy, but yeah. um, I'm, I'm surviving. Yeah. My law school apps are done. That's important. Holla! Yeah. I was thinking, like, when listening to this back um, on my drive to Columbus, I was like, man, I missed podcasting this weekend. I know. Or, like, listening to other people's podcasts. I was sad that we hadn't done it last week. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, like, we're still putting out episodes on time, but this episode's coming out tomorrow. Yeah, it is. And also, yeah, so. I mean. You're welcome. I just world. put last week's SoundCloud up yesterday. <laughs> Because I was out of town. Uh, I don't know how popular we are on SoundCloud. Well, and I, well, I know that we have one, at least one follower on oh. SoundCloud who's, like, someone I know and okay. active, not just, like, some, like, freaking rando. Um, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. We have 170 people download, though. I mean. Which is, like, pretty we, good for a baby podcast. I know. That is, I'm proud. We love you guys. Yeah, thanks. Keep listening. Rate, review, subscribe. I don't think any of you have done it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly know no one has reviewed because my review is the only one that has showed don't up. Don't admit that you. <laughs> I'm embar- I'm so embarrassed because I'm like, God, people are gonna know because I used like my old blog name yeah, apparently. But yeah, but so when I went on, I was like, is it gonna say Cheryl and Pasha? No, like, thank God, it, yeah, no. Because you're obviously smarter than you know. Well, I didn't. I didn't I even get the be. chance to put a name in. Also, oh. like Brendan tried to do it <laughs> because he's a great husband. Has he listened? No. But um, he couldn't figure it out, so. Couldn't figure out how to listen to it or how to review? How to review. He knows how to listen to it. Okay. He just has not. Okay. 
I think I tried to review someone else's podcast, like True to My Promise, last week, and <laughs> I think I also <laughs> came up came up against a wall. See, I I've reviewed a bunch of podcasts because I'm the best reviewer. Okay, well that's I mean maybe I'm the only person with the capability to review out of the people I know. <laughs> yeah, whatever. But rate, review, subscribe, keep listening, follow us on the social me- the social meds, yeah. as you will. Especially Instagram, like we have a really good Instagram feed. Yeah, I think so. You know, I was kind of hurt um, that I had tweeted yesterday. Hey, do any of you have any <laughs> questions about the bell jar? No response. We have. Like, I got a couple likes. We have about two of which were us. <laughs> One of which was Dear Tyler. Tyler, like... <laughs> if you're listening, you're not. But still. But thanks for the like. We appreciated it. Um, you could have asked a question, though. That would have been nice. <laughs> he probably hasn't read it. So, I don't know. But I, I guess the thing, too, is, like, we don't have much of a Twitter following yet. That's true. Well, everyone, I feel like everyone very snootily will say, like, Twitter's dying. I'm like, is it? Because, like, I feel like people I don't are think tweeting that's true. all the damn time. I don't think that's true. But I also think, like, if I get five likes on a tweet, I'm like, wow, that was a great tweet. Yeah. Whereas if I got five likes on an Instagram post, I would kill myself. (laughs) So. (laughs) This is coming the day after World Mental Health Day. (laughs) Well, which I tweeted about on our account. I was like, nice. Yeah. We have a conscience. Yeah, we, we have causes. I can't ever get those two words right. Conscience and conscious. I mix them up constantly. There's, um, they're similar. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should, I, should we talk about the book? Yeah, let's dive close, on in. Close Part this sucker three. down. It's like the last, what, like 20 pages? And I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we decided to read in sections of 100, but it's only like a 225-page book. So yeah, it's like... So. I don't know why we didn't just finish out. But, like, frankly, enough happens I think in this no, section and, you know we can do like some wrap up stuff like yeah I have some stuff I wanted to talk about yeah. so. I mean I stand by everything we've ever done agreed of this podcast. also yeah we also um, not to let you guys know how the sausage is made or anything but so we started <laughs> reading for our next book and we had a lot of reading this week yeah our next book by the way is Fates and Furies we're reading the first 150 pages so so first, buy your copy First now. five chapters. It's by Lauren Groff. Um, it it was like a finalist, I think, for the National Book Award in 2000. Yeah. I'm not going to say the date because I'm going to get it wrong. I think 2015, maybe 2016. Yeah. Anyway, like moral of the story, it's popular. <laughs> <laughs> it's something people were talking about last year and we're getting to it now. <laughs> well, yeah. But it's a book you and I, well, I guess we could talk about this when we talk about Fates yeah, and Furies. Yeah, we don't want to, no spoilers, don't worry. But, ca- you know, read along with us because that's kind of ideally what I guess this podcast will become. I, we've been really bad about telling you guys what the reading is. Yeah, we've been terrible about it. Um, well, sometimes because we don't decide until after we record it. Yeah, but like I also we're feel also like. We're also a week ahead. So it's yeah. a little. We also, I feel like we should title our podcast like the chapters. Ooh. Like I've been thinking okay. about that instead of being like part three because like. Who the F knows what that means. Right, right, right. So So ideally, yeah, like definitely feel free to start reading with us because then you can um, typically we're going to start doing like maybe like 150 pages a week. Probably. Depends on how long the book is, too. Yeah, like, that's like, true. I think, like, generally we try to do three episodes per book, mm-hmm. depending, unless, like, we, we have a um, secret Halloween special coming up, and I think we're going to really do that excited. in one. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Um, but that'll be in one. Um, 
But yeah, so buy the book and then you can like ask questions and ideally like we'll be able to talk about on air like what you guys are responding to. Um, we tend to record these a week in advance though, so maybe we'll have to change that to give other people time to do the reading too. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, <laughs> guys, start engaging with us and then we'll consider changing your schedules. Yeah, exactly. Like remember last week when we said like constructive criticism, if you know, you can slide into the DMs. That still stands. Yeah, or compliments if you want to go public. That's true. I have gotten compliments. Someone sent me a thumbs up today. On it was what? someone I knew, but it was a text. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, and, you know, by speaking of text requests, um, my friend Jess McCune has requested that we defend the Oxford comma at some point. Absolutely. In our podcast. I would love to. I know. She's apparently reading a book right now that doesn't have it. She lives in Georgia, the country, and she's reading some sort of book that just doesn't have the Oxford comma, and it's causing a lot of issues. Was it published in, like, 1905? I'm not sure. But, you know, my other friend Carol, who is a doctor, um, she used the Oxford comma in a chart that she was doing at work, and she was scolded. And I was like, first of all, I don't get where the medical profession tells anyone, like... This is the Buddy Willards of the world. Uh, I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) But uh, we're big fans of the Oxford comma. Mostly because I know how to use it. Yes. And commas are it's not, not strength. It's not hard, that one. You know, like, I understand. I, you know, I get it. Like, mixing up that and which and, mm-hmm. you know, further, further and, and farther. farther. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, like, it's okay to make mistakes. But who the Oxford whom? comma. Every um, time I think about breaking out that whom, I'm like, is this right? I, the only reason I'm pretty confident on my whom is because I took Latin in college, which, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I know, I'm bougie. But I, I always just think of, um, that scene in The Parent Trap when Martin the butler goes, to whom did you wish to speak? Yeah. And that's really the only time where I know, like, for sure that whom is right. I use it on the phone at work a lot. Ooh. Just I try to drop it in my, like, work conversations just to be like, yeah, I know, what I, I know what's up. Don't mess with me. Mm-hmm. Or, like, if you can throw it into an email, it makes me feel special. Yeah. But then, like, I also wonder, I'm like, am I the type of horrible person who would use the word superb? You know, like, what a horrible <laughs> word. Wait, in what in what context do people say, like, your work on this was superb? I don't know. I don't think there's ever an appropriate That's place. Like, it's like when you twist, like, a mustache and go, superb. Yeah, That's simply when... superb. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. That's when we want that. Otherwise, no. I don't think we ever want it. I don't superb. know. Superb. What would you prefer in praise? I like when people say it was a pleasure speaking with you today. I would, I like it when people call me a delight. Ooh, a delight, yeah. I've gotten really into um, referring, saying, like, somebody's a peach mm, like instead cute. of doll. Like, okay, so I had this waiter um, when I was in Columbus, and he was, like, very apologetic for no reason. Like, he, he, I described as he was a peach. And at the end of the whole thing, he was like, thanks for bearing with me today. And I was like, who hurt you? Like, who on earth, like, just broke this poor boy's spirit so hard probably that he was mom, like his mom probably he's like um, you know just let me know if nothing you know stuff doesn't come out right and you know I'll you fix know it. you know and i guarantee you he has two older sisters <laughs> <laughs> probably yeah just i say that as an older sister i'm pretty okay. sure that's probably what damaged him yeah i'm an older sister as well and i'm pretty mean to my brother yeah i mean i <laughs> Mary-Kate, I know you say you were bullied, but you're stronger for it, right? Yeah. Marshall um, is the nicest 
Uh, so Mary Kate is also Russell the nicest. Yeah. Yeah. And it's probably because Russell and I have been nothing but mean to him his whole life. Yeah, Mary Kate is by far the most like. Savannah, I'm not saying you're not nice because you're nice too, <laughs> but I, <laughs> like. Yeah, Mary Kate is just like she's very balanced and very mm-hmm. fair. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think Savannah and I are a little bit more um, judgmental and snarky on occasion. Mm-hmm. My dad, um, when we were at the beach this summer, said that he wants Marshall to just spend a weekend with me, so he'll get like a little bit meaner. Mm-hmm. Because so my younger brother is a six five like big kid, and he's like you know like sixteen. And so, like, he's... Total Ferdinand the Bull. Yes. And so my dad said, like, if he were, like, just, like, 10%, 30% meaner, he'd be, like, a really great football player. Because mm. um, Marshall just doesn't want to hit anyone because he's Ferdinand the Bull. So yeah. he's like, you know, Audrey, like, he just needs to stay, like, with you in a cabin for, like, a weekend. <laughs> and then and he'll, 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 emerge, he'll make him fight. <laughs> make him a little bit meaner. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's where Cher and I are at. Mean siblings. You know what? <laughs> I like to call it like character builders. <laughs> Thick skin growers. I mean, God knows my older brother was mean to me. I had mean, You're the I, oldest. So I had mean different. big cousins though. Oh, interesting. Okay. I, I mean, also you always need someone in your family to be mean to you just so like I also like as a very little girl was like I was really quiet, really shy, wore glasses, <laughs> like I was insecure and, like, kind of, like, meek and, like, didn't like to play outside. And so I had some, like, older cousins who bullied me. And that, you know, I think really improved me (laughs) as a person. (laughs) You emerged from that stronger. So thanks, Julianne. (laughs) (laughs) I needed that. (laughs) And and because of that, we have a podcast. Yeah. We're in. Because we both have, I would say, like, very dominant Queen Bee personalities, which is why. Yeah. We are the Queen Bee Book Club. And we also like books. Yes. <laughs> All right. So I guess we should probably talk about the bell jar. Yeah, I guess. Well, I, I, I was vamping a little bit because I don't want this episode to be like 20 minutes. No, I know. Yeah. Fair. But also, you know, we can talk about our lives. That's what a podcast That's probably is. what people really want. Yeah. People are like, ugh, I haven't read this book. <laughs> like my dad's like, I never, I'm never going to read this. <laughs> um, okay. So... One of the things that I sort of noticed is, like, we, mm-hmm. we've talked a lot about how Esther's an unreliable narrator. Mm-hmm. And I think this, like, comes becomes pretty apparent in, like, her misunderstanding of, like, how the hospital works. Like, I think she has all these impressions about, like, oh, like, these people are getting shock treatments and these people aren't. Mm-hmm. But she turns out to be dead wrong. Yeah. Um, because she gets put in bell size, bellsies, mm-hmm. whatever. And... She's like, I don't know if I'm ready. And she's like, well, at least these people don't get shock treatments and, like, get to mm-hmm. go shopping. Yeah. But, um, like, the first day she's, like, put under the shocker, I yeah. guess. She gets, she's really upset about that. Um, well, and it, yeah, I think it comes from, I think she has a tendency. She wants to be kind of, like, mentally on top of things. You know what I mean? Like, when she feels like she's, like, tricking Dr. Gordon, right? That was her first second. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She feels like, oh, you know, like, I'm going to have the upper hand in this because I'm going to just, like, not tell him the whole truth. So I think in this, like, I almost feel like her desire to feel like she's having an upper hand in her treatment is not only making her not get better faster, but it's also, like, her defense mechanism for feeling so vulnerable. 
How did you feel about um, the Dr. Nolan betrayal? I didn't think it was a betrayal. She never promised her that they weren't going to do shock treatments. But she did say she would tell her before. Yeah. And she did not. Well, she she had the logic of, I figured if I told you last night, you would have just stayed up all night worrying. And Esther was like, yeah, exactly. Like, I would have appreciated that time to stay up all night and not eat and worry. Um, well... But I think Esther also is like, by the time that I went into treatment, though, I would have calmed down and okay, walked into sure. it like a lady. Yeah. Um, but With instead, she like, yeah, she has no dignity. She's like basically <laughs> dragged out of a corner and like <laughs> thrown in the room. Yeah. Anyway, well, yeah, so I don't know. I see both sides. But maybe Dr. Nolan should have known that it would have been kind of a sensitive issue. Yeah, I don't know. So so that, that like, maybe took a little, a few points away from Dr. Nolan for mm-hmm. me. However, sure. she won them right back with her pro-birth control attitude. Sure. <laughs> She's like, don't be getting in trouble. Yeah, well, because Esther basically <clears throat> says, I have all this anxiety and anger because, oh, yeah. like, I can't do anything or, like, mm-hmm. I can't go out and sleep with men because I have this anxiety that mm-hmm. I'm going to get pregnant. Yep. And that's not really fair. Because it's not men fair. Can, men can go out and do whatever they want. And yep. Dr. Nolan, like, laughs and writes her a birth control prescription yep. or whatever that. Or she, like, refers her, I think, to, to a doctor. Yeah. yeah. And um, she's, she's like, yeah, like, you do you, girl. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I don't know. I just thought that was very cool and yeah. unexpected mm-hmm. for the time. Yes, exactly. Um. It reminded me, there's a scene in Mad Men when Peggy first starts working for um, Don Draper as his assistant, and literally Joan sends her out, like, immediately when she starts working there. She's like, go and get birth control, because, like, someone's going to fuck you here. It's just, like, going to happen. Ugh. <laughs> um, other weird parts, um, or, like, other parts where you kind of wonder how much can you trust Esther. Mm-hmm. Um, so Joan basically reveals that, like, she, like, didn't really care much at all about Buddy Willard, but she, like, was obsessed with his family. Yeah, which I was, like, gross. Yeah, which Esther, like, had presented his family as just the worst. Horrible. Like, the mom is terrible. Yeah, and... Um, but then I realize now, as we're talking about this, I don't know why she's so bad. Well, but then... But that's the thing, though. It's, like, can we trust Esther's opinion of anyone we've heard about so right. far? Because... Like, we hear, like, other people and their impressions, and they're completely different. Yeah, and her, like, distaste for Mrs. Willard is kind of like, she's always, like, up in my business, trying to set me up with ugly people. Well, and I also (laughs) think, like, she has this delusion that Mrs. Willard is, like, watching her. Yeah. And, like, Because she's, like, judging her the idea of them getting married. Well, right, and she, like, has, like, visions of running into her on the street while she's talking to men, and so there's, she, like, acts as this, like chaperone or something that Esther does not want there. Yeah, like almost to keep her. Well, like, but Buddy Willard is like my mom said, like, he's too close to his mother first oh, yeah. of all. Which... And he's like, you know he said something about, like, his mom, like, saying, you know, like, not to marry anyone who's, you know, like not a virgin, because they're just, like, some sort of used up piece of Kleenex or something. I, I mean, that's not what they said, but... But similar. It was the, the idea. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was the vibe. Yeah. Um, also speaking of the return of Buddy Willard in this section, (laughs) which, so like Buddy Willard shows up to Mm -hmm. visit Esther and he basically says like, you know, 
is this my fault? <laughs> yeah, I have and a note here. It says Buddy Willard makes female mental illness about him. <laughs> Which, like, exactly. Like, I was, <laughs> so I, I had a conflicted response. Like, on the one hand, I'm like, I would yeah. love to blame it all on you. Yeah. Because you are horrible. Right. But on the other hand, I'm like, I don't even want to give you the credit. Yeah. For, like, creating the neuroses of these women. Also, this is how he puts it. So I found the page number. And he says, do you think there's something in me that drives women crazy? Ugh. And Esther, rightly so, then, like, narrates, I couldn't help myself. I burst out laughing, maybe because of the seriousness of Buddy's face and the common meaning of the word crazy in a sentence like that. Um, But, yeah, like, it's almost like Buddy Willard is, like, saying it more like, am I Elvis? Like, is that what I am? Like... You guys, like, loved me so hard that I just, like, you you had to get psychiatric treatment. No, buddy. You are the worst. <laughs> I, I, um, I wrote in my notes, I said, no, because these women are complex and dealing with their own <laughs> shit. The world does not revolve around you, buddy Willard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, anyway. But, um, do you remember that, um... Buddy Willard had two women who tried to kill themselves because I'm going to mention something later that refers back to it. So okay. stay tuned. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see what else. I like that, speaking of men and, and medicine, I love that Esther makes Irwin pay for her medical attention after she, like, hemorrhages after they have sex. She's like, here's the bill. It's yeah. your fault. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of, though, like, what that, what? that whole thing was a real bummer. Like, also, like, she she basically picks this, like, smart-ish math professor to sleep with. Mm-hmm. But, like, while she's at his apartment, another woman shows up who he's yeah. clearly sleeping with. Yeah. And Esther's like, great, that means he's experienced. I'm like, yeah. oh, my God, he probably has an STD, <laughs> Esther. Like... <laughs> Well, yeah, because she's got birth control, but, like, are they using condoms? Probably, Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. You need both. Yeah, you Ladies do. And gentlemen. <laughs> Safety you <know>. first. <laughs> Sage words from Queen Bee Book Club. <laughs> <laughs> um. Um, well, yeah, I love, too, though, when she talks about, um, she's like, that's when I decided to seduce him. Like, I like that Esther kind of takes that that power she does. for herself. And, like, she kind of, she says the word seduce, like, a couple of times, you know, in, in the New York Times when things were nicer. Yeah. And she was only slightly losing it. Um, but, yeah, like, she has that, like, idea that she has the power to to be the one who's seducing. But then it's also kind of, like, that idea that she rebuffed with Buddy Willard where it was, like, he made her feel like she was, like, making him do, st- or, like, want to do stuff with her just because she was there. Because she existed. Yeah, because yeah. you know, because obviously to Buddy Willard women's bodies are just meant to be consumed. Ugh. Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> Vom.com. Like, I can't. I, I can't, can't stop reading about that at all. Yeah, I mean, Cara de Lavinia did a really, is that how you say her name? Who knows? Who knows? But, um, she did a really moving Instagram post about it and, anyway, guys should check it out. Women support other women. Always. Yes. Um, speaking of women and other women, um, ha- Esther also hates lesbians. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, She's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> Joan, like, kind of makes a move on her, and she is like, yeah. she, she, like, says, like, Joan, you make me want to puke. Oh, and yeah. Leaves. <laughs> like, it's really horrible. It's and really, then Joan it's kills herself. Nasty. Yeah. Yeah, which, like, that 
I forgot that Joan kills herself. Every Same. single time I forget. Like, this is my fifth time reading this book, <laughs> and every time... I'm like, how does it end? I read this book months ago, and I was like, what? I, same. I know. Yeah, I, I always forget. that right out. But anyway, that... It's quite terrible. It's really sad, and... I don't know. Maybe if Esther had been nicer to her. Yeah, maybe if she just, like, let her kiss her a little. <laughs> well, I'm not suggesting that, <laughs> but, like, maybe if she didn't, like, actively, like, bully her. Exactly. <laughs> and say, like, you disgust me. Esther, you committed a hate crime. And that's not your first offense. Like, no, she racist, kicked that black man. Homophobic. <laughs> this book might be more problematic than we realize. Like, it's not okay for 2017 anymore. No, it isn't. But, but it's also like has a lot of stuff that I'm like, wow, you are so ahead of your time, yeah. still. Yeah, but then so I'm like, like, female sexuality is cool, but not if it's for women. Yes. But are we meant to think that that is what Sylvia Plath thinks about like lesbianism? I don't know. I, it's very hard for me to separate this away from her just yeah. because I like I know like the whole story about her taking pills and being found in her mom's house like that did really happen mm-hmm. and she did really work at a women's magazine in New York mm-hmm. and she did really go to Smith mm-hmm. so it seems like there's a lot a lot it's in there like, there's more than one parallel <laughs> so mm-hmm. and as you mentioned last week, Esther and Sylvia have the same number of letters. True. So, I don't know. Sylvia. Platt. I don't. I do not Maybe like. She's to, also an anti-Semite. Just to get the trifecta. I don't like to. <laughs> I don't. I don't like to think that Sylvia is racist, like anti-gay for, or for sure racist. Yeah. Fifties. Well, I don't like to. I don't like to think it, but probably. She's. She did her part, but she had some failings, just like the rest of us. Yeah. Well. That's true. Um, do you have other stuff to talk about? Because I'm going to go on a tangent if you don't. Okay. Um, while we're still talking about boys, um, I've noticed that Esther has like almost like a scholastic or like a clinical approach. Oh, totally. To how she like approaches relationships and men, which I find very interesting. I don't have um, any evidence in the book right now. <laughs> well, um, no, but she... well. But I think it's, like, very analytical, the way that she picks Erwin. She's like, well, like, he's mm-hmm. smart. He obviously has slept with a lot of women, so right. he's going to know what he's doing, mm-hmm. which is, like, a good thing for me since I have no idea what I'm doing. Right. And he, like, looks sim- somewhat clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But definitely. there's also – but also there's no – like, she also knows, like, she'll never have to see him again. Mm-hmm. So well, it's very calculated. Like, any real relationship or emotion is kind of difficult for her. Like, her father passed away. Like, she and her mother have... Her mother has, like, kind of a critical eye toward her. Yeah. So maybe she's just, like, not used to, like, having, like, affectionate relationships. Yeah. I mean, and even friendships, like, Doreen and Joan are really, like, the closest thing that she has. And she, like, doesn't really like them. Like, she... She tolerates she them and I, them. I think needs them, but mm-hmm. she doesn't really enjoy them. Yeah. She kind of approaches like human interaction like it's like a it's like a study for her. Or a game. Yeah. Sorry, I laughed earlier because I on page two thirty it says, Come in, I called and Buddy Willard and I had underlined it and wrote no. <laughs> <laughs> Khaki cap in hand, that piece of shit. Like, oh, it didn't work out for you with that nurse? Probably not. She probably realized she could do a lot better with someone else who had TB. 
So the worst thing that Buddy Willard says in this part is, well, who will you marry now, Esther? Oh, yeah, fuck you, Buddy. Like, maybe, first of all, she doesn't want to get married, so joke's on you. As I'm pretty sure she's digging his car out of the snow. Yeah. <laughs> like, because he can't, because he has TB. <laughs> it's too weak. <sighs> Poor stock. He is like a glass of milk. Just terrible. Like, yeah. Like whole milk. Uninteresting. It leaves like a funky taste in your mouth. Ugh. <laughs> He's the worst. What is your tangent? Okay. So who, and who does Sylvia Plath marry? Horrible Ted Hughes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I wrote, who will she marry? A horrible poet who will be threatened by her talent and cheat on her. <laughs> so a little background about um, Sylvia Plath's life. So, like, as most people know, Sylvia Plath killed herself in an oven. She gassed herself. And, like, unfortunately, like, her children were also still in the house. But, like, she put towels under the doors. So, like, they were just, like, locked in the house. Mm-hmm. But, like, they were fine. Right. But, um, so, like, really horrible, sad. And, like, this all happened after Ted Hughes had, um, taken a mistress and impregnated her and like they were separated like horrible um so fast forward a few years later ted hughes's mistress kills herself the exact same way is ted hughes buddy willard i don't think so is he hotter than buddy willard probably is um i think yes he's hotter than buddy willard but he also like he he's a poet like he is not scientific (sighs) at all like he he i think beware of poets is what I have to say. I yeah, a hundred percent. Um, but he like is kind of hot. Yeah, but um, <laughs> hot because he's like a poet. So you're like, yeah, maybe he'll write some like. Yeah, s- he has like things about he me. has like kind of like dark long hair. I don't know. Like he he has a persona for sure. Um, but so his his mistress kills herself in the exact same way. She gasses herself, and actually, unfortunately, her daughter. Oh no. Um she um opens the oven and um poisons them and so um and also that daughter um, is believed to be ted hughes's daughter also and so there's some speculation that ted Ted hughes was actually like abusive to both women i mean which i i a hundred percent buy into there are also some people who believe that ted hughes murdered them and like which like I would love to believe, but <laughs> but I don't think so, and um, yeah, I I don't think so, but I would love to believe it. Yeah. Um, but um, if you go to Sylvia Plath's grave, um, on her the name on her gravestone is Sylvia Plath Hughes, and it is co- consistently they um, like try to. Sh- um, sand off the hues like people come by and like vandalize the stone yeah because they just wanted to read sylvia plath because Mm -hmm. they um they don't want hues to be a part of her identity is she she buried with ted hughes i think she is buried next to him i think i guys don't quote me on it i don't know i would have to check wikipedia just say yes but i i do think so but i I know like they had to consistently like keep replacing her stone while ted hughes was alive (laughs) because they kept doing it awesome so um but yeah so anyway i just thought that was it's very interesting though that both women like it's a little bit of a joan buddy willard situation Mm -hmm. where like two women attempt will actually successfully commit suicide 
um, with the same man and like is he to blame or is yes. it just these two women I don't know my my view is that likely because Sylvia Plath like did have some kind of like not fame but mm-hmm. like I think it was a big deal when she killed herself and I think that that other woman probably got a lot of like oh, like like sure. she was constantly eclipsed by her and so I think she mm-hmm. probably was like screw this like I can be Sylvia too oh. is what I guess but okay. I don't know that's just my um I have I'd never even took a psychology class guys but that's my that's my view we never said we were role models <laughs> no I can theorize as much as I want yes so yes but anyway, but that's, so that's interesting. I thought that was a, a fun tangent to go on. Yeah, I like that um, people that visit her grave have her back. Like, I, me too. Let's get this damn name off of here. Me too. And I and I like that nothing that she published has Plath Hughes on it. It's all her. Yeah. So um, uh, Esther continues her tradition of dating and talking to weirdos. Erwin is a weirdo. Erwin is definitely a weirdo. I don't... I didn't care for him. Um, I I also, though, like, again, it's like, how much can we trust? Like, how weird are these guys really? Like, some of the weirdo stuff is like, I feel like it's in what they say. Let me just... I'm going to find... I'm going to find some evidence. Well, okay, like... So remember that weird translator? Yeah. He was weird. The woman hater was weird that dj was weird i'm trying to remember the one who like hit her was weird yeah isn't that the guy with the diamond pen yeah yeah no no that's not the dj the one who hit her the one who like put blood on her face yeah that's the guy with the diamond pen right isn't that the dj no the dj's lenny who's doreen's guy yeah Yeah. there's that like guy named california who like refuses to swim out very far yeah Maybe he could have noticed that Esther was trying to drown herself unsuccessfully. He probably thought she was, like, trying to play rings on the bottom or something. <laughs> <laughs> what do we make of this image of the bell jar? It's the title of the book and starts to come up later. I don't know. People I've been in f- the bell jar. I've been feeling like I've been in the bell jar this week. Just, like... <laughs> Getting a little bit of carbon monoxide poisoning in my mm-hmm. own space. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I think it's like this idea of like, like you're a part of everything, but you don't really feel a part. Like, right. like you're somehow separate and living in like different mm-hmm. air and different reality than everyone else, but everyone else sees you and like still interacts with you. Yeah. But you're kind of trapped. But you're trapped. Yeah, in kind of like a clear. But invisible. I think that people don't even know that you're trapped because right. you like look normal which, and they can see you. Yeah, which isn't that kind of like textbook mental illness. It's like you're. It's like you're putting on a face of like trying to be you know quote unquote normal, but really you're like suffering intensely. Yeah. But trying kind of desperately to hide it, and you can't really get out because it's like something external that's putting that on you yeah well I mean oh this is when she's bleeding I've gone too far are you trying to find weird stuff about Erwin right now I'm just trying to figure out why I said 
I have in my notes, um, Esther loses her virginity to Irwin, weirdo, <laughs> leads everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, I've never heard of that happening to anyone. Yeah. Well, that one guy, you know, like the real, and once again, we've got like doctors and nurses just being like really kind to Esther. Being like, you're one in a million. <laughs> Are you getting grossed out reading the scene again? (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I also like, again, this is a part that makes me sad though, where like she goes to Joan and Joan helps her and like Esther cannot be any meaner to Joan the whole book. Could you be nice to Joan, please? Like, could we, could we have saved Joan? She was nicer than Esther is. And like, honestly, like pretty fun. Like remember when she gave Esther Mm -hmm. that scrapbook album of photos of herself? like newspaper clippings of herself when she tried to kill herself she's thoughtful (laughs) she's a great that's the kind of friend i want yeah if something happens to me please save all the news clippings please (laughs) um is there anything else you want to talk about i don't think so i mean i think i'm kind of sad to put it to rest like mostly because i'm not gonna be able to post any more teenage share instagrams and yeah I mean, we can still do that. We can, we will always have the bell jar. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I think, I think I've, I've, I've said all I need to say. Ready to close the book. Um, yeah. Our first book. I know. I'm excited. We've finished something. We have. I was annoyed that I couldn't put this on my Goodreads, like, and have that count toward my reading. Challenge, I know because we already I've read already it. it this year. Literally had the exact same thing I was happen like, to maybe me. Maybe there's another version that I can cheat the system. Also, look out because Goodreads will start posting for fa- on Facebook for you, which oh, I'd... I've turned that off. <laughs> so I also have turned it off, but I like added a couple books and I like looked on my Facebook feed. I'm like, oh my god, it like I'm like <laughs> Sherlyn has added 17 books. I'm like. <laughs> Good reads. I've stopped also um, saying when I start books. Yeah. Because I don't want people to know how long it takes me to read a book. Not that it takes me long, but, like, sometimes it depends. Oh, this can be a fun um, diversion corner. Um, Mm -hmm. Are you reading a different book right now besides our Queen Bee books? Do you have another book you're reading? Sometimes, yeah. So I recently just finished I'll Have What She's Having, which is, like, a nonfiction book about Nora Ephron. Mm, That was quite good. And now I'm reading one of Nora Ephron's books, Heartburn. But I didn't read it this week or last because I was catching up on reading for this. Yeah, I've been reading the third Game of Thrones, which, like, frankly, is going to take me two more years because, like, I read it I read it when I commute, but now right. I bring my Queen Bee book to commute, and so mm-hmm. I'm getting very behind. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't think anyone's going to judge me if it takes me a year and a half on my Goodreads. Uh, for um, Storm of Swords, certainly not. Yeah. It's Although I... It's long as hell. It's long as hell, but, like, also it's got some great parts, like, it's when Sansa and Tyrion are married, Ugh. which is, frankly, my favorite part oh, yeah, of the whole thing that stretch where it's just chapters about the two of them is my favorite stretch probably of the series you're coming upon it if they're married they just got married and like like they're not they're not friends yet but i know it's coming it's not it's not as good it's not as friendly i don't i don't think as it is in the show well i think she has some appreciation though it seems like i think i don't know Sansa's a bit of an Esther in that she's kind of like when she's in King's Landing, she's kind of looking at every interaction like, 
how are you trying to trick me right now? Well, because everyone, everyone has is. tricked her. <laughs> Listen, one thing you need to know about us in this podcast, first of all, we are big Game of Thrones fans, and we are team Sansa, ride or die. A hundred percent. This past season, I spent an extreme amount of time rage texting people about Arya. Because <laughs> I was like, I've had enough of her <laughs> and her faithlessness. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm like, can't they just, like, talk about their problems? And, yeah. like, if San- if you knew, like, the half of what Sansa had been through, exactly. you would Thank never, you. ever say that, Thank Arya. You. Also, you know what? Arya wouldn't have lived two minutes in King's Landing. No. She doesn't know how to keep her mouth shut. No. Like, which is, like, but, again, though, I would say, like, I don't know that Sansa would have been able to survive in the wild. Oh, no, for sure not. So She would have had to find they both to have, keep her safe. They have different skills. They need to appreciate each exactly. other. Exactly. Thank you. Sisterhood. Thank you. Which, like... I don't know. No spoilers. Never mind. We shouldn't say anything. <laughs> but um, anyway. So that wraps up the bell jar. <laughs> um, anyway, love us. Please rate, rate, review, review and, and subscribe. subscribe. For God's sake. Like, don't you want everyone to hear our voices, too? Everyone's like, no. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> mom, dad, like, I don't know why you haven't. You have no excuse. My mom's going to figure out how to listen, she said. Oh my god, she hasn't listened yet? No. Well, she doesn't have a Facebook or an iPhone. I don't... My dad is a big Instagram supporter. I don't know that he's listened. My mom has listened, though. Oh, that's nice. So, my sisters have not listened. My brothers have certainly not listened. My sister Savannah said she was going to listen. That's nice. Hey, Savannah. Savannah, are you listening? (laughs) Are you listening yet? (laughs) Um, Yeah, read the next 150 pages of Fates and Furies. Yeah, yeah. Um, also buy books. Yeah, and don't buy them on Amazon, okay? Just don't. Yeah. Buy them from your local bookstore. Or Barnes and Noble. Yeah, but like preferably from your local bookstore. Yeah. But like closing our local bookstore. It's the it's a Barnes and Noble, but they're still closing it. In New York. In Bethesda. Oh. Oh, they're closing that Barnes and Noble in Bethesda. They're turning it into a huge anthropology. Oh, can't complain. Which everyone's like, (laughs) what? Do you have an anthropology down there? Mm-mm. Oh. But do we need a three-story anthropology? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> is it going to have a beholden in there? I, what, is that the homeware? No, that's the um, wedding. Oh, yes. It's going to have, like, a whole wedding floor. Wow. This cool. is what I hear on the street. Huh. But I don't want the Barnes & Noble to close. No, that's, I like it there. that's true. No, I agree. I, um, yeah, no, I agree. I don't know that Tyson's Corner has any local bookstores. We do have a Barnes & Noble in the mall, but, like, I doubt we have, like, a mom-and-pop cute bookshop. Yeah. At least I haven't found it yet. Yeah, but if you do have one... Support them. Yeah, give them their your money. It, it is more money than buying books on Amazon, but, but I'm just really scared that Amazon's going to own everything. Also, like, as somebody who works in publishing, like, Amazon really, like... They are not nice to publishers, and if you want people to survive and continue to publish books, like, you should stop supporting Amazon. Yeah. The only time, like, I I feel like a big hypocrite because I had to order Fates and Furies on Amazon (laughs) because Brennan has Prime, and it was the only way I could get it fast enough. Mm -hmm. But, like, I checked the library. Georgetown Library did not have it. I would have, like, had to, like, go to American University, which, like, ain't nobody got time for that. But, um, anyway... I did, like, do Amazon Smile, so at least I did something good for the world. My 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 book sent some money to juvenile diabetes. Well, that's nice. Yeah. At least you can feel good. 
But, like, in general, try not to. I, I will say, like, not to proselytize, but I support my California local bookstore wow. still. I order online from them. And That's they nice. are wonderful. Book Passage, shout out. Love you guys. <laughs> All right. We're going to wrap this up. Thanks okay. for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.